is doing a great work. Each and every day, he is doing a great work. Sometimes we're just blind to what he does. But that doesn't mean he's not doing it. I mean, I want you to understand today that when you see Jean and Jean here from Haiti, I hope you take a minute to get to know them. Uh, the reason why you see them here, and that's why it's important for us. Y'all hot up in here. All right, somebody managed the air condition. I guess the temperature changed outside, and so it changed inside. Somebody find her center for us and, uh, or, or Rashad, and we'll get it fixed for you. I see, also, I see mostly women fanning, so I don't know what that means, but I'll leave that alone, you know. <laughs> I'll move on. <laughs> but uh, I'm just noticing something. That's all I'm saying. I just recognize something. That's all. That's all right, though. It's all right. It's all right. It's that cover thing when you're trying to go to sleep, you know. But I, I, I uh, really, you know, when we as a church talk about missions, we go for a week. They're there for a long, every day. But we just go for a week. So our extension, our extension as a church is John and Jean. I call them J and J. I don't think they go for that, but that's what I say anyway. But that's the extension. Well, the extension right now. Okay, there we go. That's an extension of us as a church because a week doesn't do what they do. So don't think that when we go for a week, which we haven't been able to do, and they're the ones that kept it going every day, and they're the reason why we go. And so when we, you gave money to building people those homes, we have a people of integrity that get the homes built. Okay? So we are blessed to have them, and I want you to, you know, recognize that. I think Pierre's going to take them out to lunch, but uh, hopefully uh, you get to know Jean and Jean. And you want to bless them? Bless them. Yes, as a church we give to them, but it doesn't hurt to bless them. I was somewhere speaking yesterday, and somebody just walked up and said, Pastor Cannons, you do a lot of stuff, man. I want to bless Power Walk. And that meant a lot. I didn't ask for anything at that particular moment, and they did that. So it's, I, uh, it means a lot when people are encouraged that way, Okay. I want you to turn your Bible to Genesis. I am Pierre when he has hair. This is, this is Pierre with hair on. Right? That's what that is. And taller and more handsome. That's it. That's what's going on in here. You know, you, you ever noticed that my wife come to this service more than any other one? What does that tell you about her son and her mama? What does that say? Y'all don't get twisted about that, though, because I tell her all the time. I said, no, I, I had a mama, and she probably would, if my dad was preaching, she'd probably come hear me preach. So that's a mama thing. I ain't got no problem. So don't be hard on the pastor's wife. Oh, why she don't go to the pastor's service? No, she got, she's a mother, too, you know. She's a mother too, so don't. Yeah, I heard people say that. Why come? She's not at first service listening to the pastor because she got a son at second service. She's a mama. <laughs> That's why that is. Y'all black enough to know that? <laughs> let's look at Genesis chapter 4. And let's stand and read this passage of Scripture. Pierre will be back next week. Don't be tripping. 
What is the old man doing up here? Where Pierre? I just, just hold your role. I'm going. He gonna be back. I just like come pastor every now and then. I may not be the passage to pastor on right now, but y'all, y'all be all right. Now the man had relations with his wife Eve, and she conceived, and gave birth to Cain, and she said, "I have gotten a man child." with the help of the Lord. Again, she gave birth to his brother Abel, and Abel was a keeper of the flocks. But Cain was a tiller of the ground. So it came about in the course of time that Cain brought an offering to the Lord of the fruit of the ground. And Abel on his part also brought the firstlings of this flock and their fat potions. And the Lord, God, Lord had regard for Abel and for his offering But for Cain and his offering, he had no regard. So Cain became very angry and his countenance fell. Then the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? Why has your countenance fallen? If you do well, will not your countenance be lifted up? And if you do well, sin is crouching. If you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door. It's desires for you, but you must master it. You must master it. Cain told Abel, his brother, And it came about that when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and killed him. And the Lord said to Cain, why, where is your brother? And he said to him, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? And he said, why have you, what have you done? The voice of your brother's blood is crying to me from the ground. Now you you are cursed from the ground which has opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. And when you cultivate the ground, it will, not, it will no longer yield its strength to you. You will be a vagrant and a wanderer on the earth. Cain said to him, my punishment is too hard, too great to bear. Behold, you have driven me, driven me this day from the face of the ground. And from your face I will be hidden. And I will be a vagrant and a wanderer on the earth. And whoever finds me is going to kill me. And the Lord said, therefore, whoever kills Cain, vengeance will be taken on him sevenfold. And the Lord has appointed a sign for Cain, so that no one finding him will, would slay him. Then Cain went out from the presence of the Lord and settled in the land of Nod, east of Eden. The God, your word is blessed. And Lord, you want to teach us how relationships work and what does that lead to so that we don't just do church, we do you. Lord, bless us to see that today. Bless us to understand that today so that we don't come home to church without first coming home to you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You may be seated. Years ago, when Paul and Pierre were small, they were young, and um, time come for dishes, I would tell them, Mom ain't doing the dishes. What? No, Mom is not doing dishes. She cooked. I said, I want you to come in the kitchen for a minute. I want you to look around the kitchen. What do you see? Shoes there, shoes there, her purse over there, her keys over there. So, did you see her change clothes? 
Now, when she came home, who's she cooking for? For you. No. When y'all grow up and leave here, trust me, I'll be buying food. <laughs> she cooking for y'all. She cooks a balanced meal for y'all. So this woman ain't washing dishes, period, done. She's not washing dishes. But then why don't you wash the dishes? My wife was a, some, most of the time, from some time off and on, she was a homemaker. And so I said to her, I bought the kitchen, I bought the dishes, I pay for the water, so the least you could do is wash the dishes. All right, all right. I said, no, y'all are getting bigger. Work out your own schedule how you do that. I'm not working out for you, you boys. You got to lead a home one day. So work out the schedule for yourself. Sit on the couch, work it out. I listen to y'all, but y'all work out the schedule because you're boys. So they work out the schedule. But something amazing happened not too long ago, and it kept happening. They came home, brought their wives, their children, all this other stuff, and they, my wife wanted to cook for everybody. Notice I said my wife, not their mama. My wife wanted to cook for all her kids, she, and she's got a pescatarian and some meat eaters in the family. And just in case you think that's Presbyterian, it's Presbyterian, because Presbyterian means they only eat fish and veggies, okay? So she's got to cook all these different meals, and she had the kitchen full of food. And they came over, and they ate, and they had a wonderful time. Kids are eating, grandkids eating, everybody having a good time. And then they told their mama to go sit down. You're not washing dishes. I was shocked. This happened years ago. I was like, what? They went, one had got his hands on her shoulder. The other one got his hands around her shoulder. Shoulder going, Mama, Mama, you're not cooking. You know, my wife, she says, I got it. I got it. Y'all go play with your kids. Have fun. No, no, Mom, 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 Mom. You're not cooking. You're not, you're not washing dishes. Please go sit down. Now, you got to understand, they washed the dishes. They cleaned up the kitchen. They did it all, you know, uh, and they shared the time together, got it done. Everything was clean. I, and, you know, Mom sat down there playing all with her grandkids and stuff. You see, the difference between the time I made them and the time they did it on their own is the heart. The time I made them do it is a chore. The time they did it on their own initiative and I asked her to sit down, it is the heart. The issue in worship many times is that we come to it as a chore, not as a heart. You know, there's a, there's a bunch of people that go watch, if they have any sense, the Cowboys. If they have, if it's a little bit of sense. If they, matter of fact, if they're Christians. Uh, Kieran is tired of this. I ain't going to tell you what his nickname is because y'all going to be messing with him. But I got a nickname for him. But he's he going to be mad at me. But Because I say the same thing. He says, Dad, you have to get a new saying. But I'm still going to stick with the same saying. If you're a Christian, you follow the star. That's just that's how it is. You follow the star. Even the men from a whole different country spent two years doing that, and y'all can't do it one day. That's, that's a bad thing. That's a really bad thing. People that are following these people, they turn around and they will buy their paraphernalia. They, they would go sit in line. They're going to go up in the stadiums. They're going to fight the parking lot. If it's raining, they're going to still try to get to the game. They're going to do all these different things. Why? It's not a chore. They love it. I never forget somebody gave me some tickets to the Super Bowl. That you, you never will know their name. So don't even ask. That's my hookup. Leave me alone. Okay? Just back it up. 
So I, I was enjoying this. I, I went in there and I'm excited. I get to go to the Super Bowl. Never went to the Super Bowl in my life. The negative thing is, I don't know if she was trying to say something. It was at the Cowboys Stadium and the Cowboys went in the Super Bowl. I had to watch Pittsburgh Steelers, which the Cowboys fans hate, and, and Green Bay Packers, Cowboys fans hate. I had to watch two teams we hate in the Texas Stadium, but the tickets were free. I landed, I went to the game, and I'm standing in line to get in, and the guy says to the guy, he says, no, sir, you can't take that camera in. We don't allow cameras in the stadium. So, I, you know, me, I'm the kid that always want to know why, why, why. That's why I got slapped many times growing up. Why, why, mama, why, why? I was always the kid asking why. So I'm looking around going, what? The guy took the camera out of the bag. The guy said, oh, no, you can't take the bag either. He says, really? No, you can't take the bag. The guy took the camera out. When he took it out, it had, you could see he just bought it. I mean, there was a label hanging off of it. It was just bought. And you could see it there. And the guy said, so you can't take it in. And the guy took the camera and the bag and threw it in the trash. And went into the game. You see, it's not a chore. The matter was the heart. You see, many times when we come to worship, the issue is where is our heart? That's where God is. God is into where our heart is because in his mind, my heart took care of you. For God so loved the world, I died on a cross. For God so loved us, he keeps the earth spinning, the sun shining. For God so loved us, he put air in our nostrils. There ain't no Nassau doing that. That is the right mixture of oxygen and nitrogen. In spite of the fact we got refineries up and down the Beaumont area, we're still breeding in the right mixture. We get to see chickens multiply. We don't do that. They multiply. That's why we go to churches, chicken and Kentuckys. See, we, we, we literally eat all this meat because cows multiply. He's constantly out of a love for us. Whether people love the football more than him, he still keeps loving them, keep loving us. So for him, when we come to worship, it's not about the music. Ain't no music in this passage. Not about the preacher. No preacher in this passage. It's about the heart. Because that's what brings it home. My wife is not going, hey, I'm going to dance for y'all when you come visit me. No. When, when, when I responsibly take my paycheck home, she don't have to dance for me to bring the paycheck home. Why? I enjoy doing it. Because I love her. I love our legacy. You see, that's what's in this passage. Every time we go through this passage, we want to talk about Cain and Abel giving. I want you to see the giver that won their heart of Abel that made him a giver. I want you to see that because every time it's about the preacher and giving and all the money and all this other stuff, you can't say that about me because I, in 28 years, I've never been selfish about money around here and I never will be. Never. It's never about me. It's not my money. It's God's money. And I'll never function that way because I have a higher accountability than you do. He says, I'll treat the preacher worse than the member. The accountability for a pastor is higher than accountability for a member. And what's the point of trying to cheat God? He said, you can't rob him anyway, so what's the point? It doesn't make any sense to me to do that. For 28 years, you can't point to one fact. You could point to a lot of slander, but not one fact. Slander don't require facts. It just requires a feeling, a suspicion, a fear. Because the issue is the heart. And I want you to turn with me to this passage of Scripture because I want you to see the heart of the person who is giving that he wants to stir in us a heart. 
So that when we come to worship, it's about him. It's not about us. And because it's about him, then it becomes about us. Let's look and look at this. In the kitchen, wife cooking, it wasn't about the food. It wasn't about the labor. It wasn't about the hardship. It was about her kids, her daughter-in-laws, her grandkids. That's what made her cook. Was it easy? No. I'm watching her. I watch her sleep after that cooking day. It was hard. I watch her tired the next day. But it didn't matter. So when somebody responds and washes the dishes, they have grown up to appreciate it. So it's no longer a chore, it's the heart. You see this passage of Scripture, when you look at chapter 4, what you first find in verse 1 and verse 2 is Eve responding to God because Eve felt a heavy sense of responsibility for taking the fruit and giving it to Adam. She felt a heavy sense of responsibility. You only find that out right here in these two verses. And please understand, it's not Eve that brought sin into the world, it's Adam. The Bible says Eve could pick the fruit. Eve could have danced with the fruit. Eve could bit, bite the fruit. But in Romans chapter 5, he says, when Adam ate the fruit, sin entered the world. So everybody keeps blaming the woman. It's the man. The man saw a naked woman formed by God. Bible says he formed Eve. He was thinking what he was making Eve. When Adam saw a naked woman bring him fruit, he went, he didn't think about it. A true man ate that thing like, okay, what happened really? What, what, what really happened here? I don't know what happened. That's what happened right there. He just ate that fruit. That, that, that's it. When he did that, Sin entered the world, not Eve. God built in grace. But please see what Eve is saying. My husband and I, we've been intimate. The minute Adam see Eve, the Bible says, Adam, mm -mm. I'll leave it to your imagination. That's why Adam, the Bible says, when Adam saw her, Adam starts describing her. And Adam goes, woman. That's why I say, Adam has some black in him. Because way back then, we ain't got nothing on. Whoa. Adam was already saying, whoa. That's what he says. Whoa, man. You beyond man. That's what he's saying. You, you, you're just too gorgeous to be a man. And the Bible says, when you look at Genesis chapter 2, verse 18 to 22, and then jump to Matthew chapter 19, Adam was intimate with his wife right there. And she noticed no kids. They didn't have kids. I don't know how many years have passed from the time they sinned to this moment. But it couldn't be one day. It couldn't be three days. It couldn't be four days. It had to be a time. And there's no kids. And then all of a sudden, after God tells her what will happen to everybody, what would happen to Satan, what happened to Adam, what happened to her, then all of a sudden after that time period and that time passed, you could see it when he says, now the man had relations with his wife. This was a different time. And God gave me a child. Oh my God. God gave me this child. That's why the psalmist would write in Psalm 127 verse 3, Every child is a gift from God. It wasn't the persons coming together. It was a decision from God 
that that child be there. That's why he says every child is fearfully and wonderfully made. That's why when somebody commits a crime, you could find them from their DNA because they're uniquely made to the point where in a million people, if you get the right DNA, you could find the person because they're fearfully and wonderfully made. He didn't make no mistakes. We are that unique. Matter of fact, in raising my kids, I used to tell them all the time, why are you following these fads? You're robbing the world of you. Why rob the world of you? you? There's no you. Be you. God made nobody else when he made you the same way. I don't care what they say. We all look alike. We don't. Understand. He says, she's saying, hey, God made a decision for me to have a child. And in her, watch this carefully. She doesn't use the word God. If, if you look at the Old Testament and the first few verses, and God, and God said, let there be light. And God said, and God said. But when you come to chapter 4, she says, Lord. And the word she picks is not the word Adonai, which means I'll fight for you. Not the word she picks, oh, Yahweh, he'll keep a covenant with me. No, she picks the word, a Lord who wants to know me. So my husband knew me. But God was in the bedroom, and so he made a decision to come to know what I want as a woman, a child. I want this as a woman. I want a child as a woman. I want to be a mother as a woman. It's instinctive for me to want that, and I want that. And God decided for me to have that. What is he saying? <laughs> what was broken has now been raised. God has restored me. God has given me hope again. In other words, if sin brought death into the world, and when sin brought death into the world, if I never have a child, man, that's dead, dead. But if sin brought death into the world, and then God decided to give me a child, oh, he gave me life again. God chose to give me life again. God chose to redeem me when I've done nothing. He chose to redeem me, and that's the world of me. Because God chose to redeem me. Oh my God, I don't want nothing but him. Because nobody could have redeemed me. The Bible says we were all lost in sin, all shaped in iniquity. The Bible says if you try to find God, you couldn't find him on your own. You can't find him on your own. Nobody does good on their own. The Bible says if we try to do good, it's us filthy rags to him. The only person that could save us is Jesus Christ. So God so loved the world. He gave his only begotten son so that whosoever, if it's a thief on the cross, if it's a cussing Peter named Peter, a person sailor named Peter, it doesn't matter whosoever. The Samaritan woman who had all these husbands, whosoever, I sought the Samaritan woman out. She didn't seek me. I went to the well. I broke Jewish tradition and went on the wrong road and found the well to find her. I found her. I was the one who let the woman who was viewed as a sinner in the whole village. I am the one that say, baby, listen, sin no more. I did that. Eve recognized right then and there. I can't save myself. I can't do nothing without him. And he chose in his own grace, his own mercy, without my initiation, to give me hope. See, if a person doesn't come there first, washing the dishes is hard. 
See, this world wants to steal that. It wants to tell us, you got a master's degree. Look at you. You, 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 you know, you, you got some education, okay? Let me fix it for those online. Education. But for all the black folk in here, education. That's what you got. So you, 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 you see, you got a nice car. Before, you used to have a hoopty. Now you just press the start button. You go about your business. Something I had to learn. Go about your business. You got an office now. Desk. You got the corner office. You got a management position. The world steals from us that in order to get to work, God had to take care of you. In order to wake up, he had to protect you. In order to eat, he had to provide for you. In order for you to even put gas in your car, he had to put an oil reservoir. In order for you to put on clothes, he had to make the material. In order for you to put tires on your car, he had to get rubbers from the tree. So without God, we are nothing. See, we, we lose that when we begin to feel independent like Cain became. See, Cain became independent because Cain, he's tilling the soil, he's working the soil, he's doing all his hard work in the soil. He's, doing, he's a tiller of the soil. He took after his daddy. His daddy cultivated the garden. Cain is cultivating the garden. Cain has a harder job because the, the ground that he's cultivating is cursed. The Bible says, I curse the soil that you have. So when Cain is working, he is working himself hard. Watch this carefully. In verse, in verse 3, in verse 2, he says, and again, she gave birth to his brother Abel. And they're not twins, so please don't say they're twins. They're not twins. It could have been a year, a year later, two years later, three years later. We don't know. And Abel was a keeper of flocks, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. Watch, watch his words carefully. So it came about in the course of time. Whoa. Watch this carefully. In the course of time, meaning <laughs> Adam and Eve... Over a period of time, when God keeps blessing them the way he did, created a worship service. They created it. So, oh, come on, wait, wait, wait a minute. No, they created it. There's no Moses to tell them how to do worship in the Pentateuch and all that. There's no Abraham to tell them, I got a rock and built an altar, and this is how you do worship. There's no Bible. There's no Genesis to Revelation, Nothing. They only have a relationship with God, and that relationship with God so revived her spirit, she created a worship service. You say, how do you know that? Look at Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. Come there, join there with me. You could just press your buttons on your phone these days, so it ain't that hard. Don't be twisted. In Hebrews chapter 11, this is what he says. That this coming to worship and coming to be engaged in worship was not something they didn't teach their children. It was something they taught their children, and it is something they choose to do on their own initiative. Nobody ever told them to go worship God. They just so appreciate what God was doing. They wanted to give him praise. They wanted to give him thanks. They wanted to bless his name because they so appreciate what God is doing. That they created their own worship service. And that's why it says, in the course of time. Which means that they've been taking their children to worship over and over and over and over and over and over again. They weren't asking the kids whether or not they're going to church. They took them to church. And they kept doing it over and over and over again till the children got older. That was their decision. That's where you find Cain and Abel. Older. Their decision. In the course of time. They taught them. 
Hebrews chapter 11 verse 4 says, By faith Abel offers to God a better sacrifice than Cain. By faith, by faith. Faith comes by hearing him by the word of they had a conversation with God and God taught them. <laughs> God taught them. This is what worship is. Since you want to bless my name, this is what worship is. And they went out and did it in the course of time, meaning over and 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 over. Time after time, time after time. They didn't go, oh, we got to do church again. Why we got to go every Sunday? Why is it oh, every Sunday we got to go to church? No, God has blessed me. Without God, I'm nothing. I want to stop and take time to give him praise. He, and he only asked for one day. How could I ask God why I got to go to church? The heart says, if my kid's heart were twisted, they would say, why well, I got to go home and wash dishes with mama? If the heart wasn't right. When the heart is right, when are we getting together? Let's check our schedules. We can try to be there. Different. In the course of time, they, God gave them a word and they kept it. Through, the, through which he obtained a testimony that he was righteous. He did what was right. When he knew what God was saying, he did what was right. God testifying about his gifts through faith. That he was, he is dead. He still speaks. Abel is dead, but he's still speaking loud. He's still speaking loud. What is he saying loud? You see, Cain was going to church, at the church, at the church, he's going to church, but he got to work hard. He got to work the sweat of his brow. It's like going out in, in church, going out in August, working out in the fields in August in Texas. And the ground is hard to deal with because it's cursed. And then your parents saying, you got to go to church? Man, I'm tired, dude. I want to I chill. The only day I get to chill is Sunday. I got clothes to wash. I got all this stuff to do. Then you tell me Sunday morning, I get up and go to what? Cain says, no, I ain't feeling that. That's what's going on. Watch what Cain does. Cain, the Bible says, and it came about in the course of time that Cain brought his offering to the Lord of the fruit of the ground. For the fruit of the ground. He, he brought it. He says, what's wrong with this? He says, what's wrong with this? Why, 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 why is this such a big deal? He brought the fruit, man. He brought something. The Bible exposes to us that it wasn't what he brought. It was the heart he brought it with. That's what the Bible is exposing. Because let me show you how you know his heart is twisted. The Bible exposes it. Look right here with me. God says, God had no regard for his offering. What does Cain do? Oh, God, let me fix it. Let me fix it, God. You know, I, I know my mom and daddy taught me. Let me fix this. I'm going to go do this, man. He says, no, I'm mad. How are you going to talk about my offering? Who are you to bring up my offering? Attitude. Not, oh, my God, you're not pleased with what I did. Oh, my God, I'm sorry. If, if my wife walked in the kitchen, hey, guys, y'all need to do this. Oh, sure, mama, we got this. Not, oh, man. I did all of this and you're going to come pick on my work? I shouldn't have done this in the first place. You see, Cain responded like that when mama came to the kitchen. You see, it wasn't the offering. He did it with a bad heart. You know his heart was bad in that God says, I'm going to give you time, Cain. Cain, come on, Cain. Don't forget, it's the giver that brings the gift. It's not the gift 
that brings the giver. It's the giver that brings the gift. Watch what he says. He says, he says verse 7, if you do well, in other words, I'll give you time to fix it. What does Cain go? Bump you. Give me time. I'm working on the ground. I'm sweating and you curse the ground. Now you don't give me time. I don't need time. Get off my back. That's his answer <laughs> from a black preacher. Don't be messing with me. But I'm going to give you time, Cain. I, I, I want a relationship with you. And if you come to me and come home and don't mind what this family is about, I want to be with this family. It's because you have learned from your mama. And when I, the giver that I am, and how that makes her teach you in the course of time to worship me. You're missing her heart. You're missing where she's coming from. And I give you time to get it, Cain. Bump that. But Abel, he was different. That's why I believe that this passage talks about worshipers for the entire Bible. I really do. If you'd ask me why I love this passage, this is my third time preaching it in the 28 years of history, I would preach this passage every time about this issue because this passage actually talks about worshipers, period. You could track it. Here is a gift because people love God, this Abel. By the time you get to, the, to Malachi, he stops talking to them because they brought a yonky gifts. He says, look at you. You come to church, you think you could rob me in Malachi. So they went from Genesis to Malachi. He shuts down. Don't talk to them anymore because he had, not, what some people believe, as much as 9,000 years of people just degrading and they worship to him when he's constantly caring for them. He just said, bump it. Y'all think you could bump me? See if you could rob me. See if I could shut this whole world down when I want to. All I got to do is tell Satan, I ain't got nothing to do with it anymore. See if you could find a job now when I shut down the economy and created a crash on Black Monday. Go look for one. When the markets crashed and we were out of work, fix it. You see, there's two kinds of worshipers. One is Sunday. I'm here, man. Don't be tripping. I'm in church. What y'all going on for? Why y'all be dancing and singing and getting all excited, man? We just doing church. So I can go to heaven. There's another worshiper that says, I can't wait to get into the house of the Lord. Like a deer panted after water, so my soul panted after thee. Different. See, Abel was different. Here's Abel. In verse 4, it says, Abel on his part, also brought a firstlings of his crop and the fat potions. <laughs> now you got to understand what Abel is saying. I'm worshiping the creator. So I really don't have, you see, what they would do, if you want to have a really good breed of put pit bulls, not butt bulls, but pit bulls, if you really want to get, you have to have a, like a really strong male to work with. And that breeds the rest of the thing, like, like Joseph did with the, with, the, with the sheep. He just got a good breed, and he fixes it, and then he has a good breed of sheep. 
Abel said, bump that. I'm bringing the one that is a thoroughbred of the whole thing. Because I see you as my provider. I see that you could create this animal out of nothing. I learned from my mom and daddy that you create these animals out of nothing. So why am I going to be tripping coming to you saying, I'm going to bring you not the best of the best of the best, the firstlings. I bring it to you because you created this thing anyway. And you know what, God, to show you, I believe you did everything. I'm going to kill the animal. I'm going to scrape the fat out of the animal, which take a lot of time, a lot of energy. And then I'm going to bring it to you, which means he wouldn't just come into church grabbing, a, grabbing some, 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 some uh, stuff from the ground. No, he was coming from hard work, blessing God. It was purposeful, intent, designed. I want you to know, God. Wasn't no preacher preaching, making him do anything. It wasn't nobody making him do anything. This came from his heart. Because he learned from his parents what they said. You see, that's why the heart matters. The heart matters. Let's face it, folks. If you had a birthday party and somebody showed up and went, hey, your gift, or Christmas, there you go. They come to the door, you open the door, hey, man. See, peace. I got you something. Okay? You're going to go, now I know y'all, y'all going to keep the gift. Don't get me twisted. Y'all going to keep the gift. But you're going to go, oh man, that was twisted. They just dropped the gift on me and walk off. Suppose you asked your kids for some water and they say, you want some water? Oh, here it is. You want water? What do you want to do with the water? Throw, oh, there you go. I know somebody's going to say the truth. I know y'all in church, y'all going to go, oh, I just talked to them. No, if I know you right, you're going to take that water and throw it at them. And then you're going to tell them, mop the floor. Hello? Is anybody here? And then you tell them, go get me some water. And you better bring it right. Aren't we going to do that? Could I get a witness? Now you're black. Understand, that's what the issue is here. It is the kid. <laughs> I'm a, since Pierre be clowning on me, messing with my, my red short pants and all this other stuff, here I go. I got my shot. I'm taking it. Taking it. I'm taking it right now. I asked this brother, what did he do for Valentine when he was dating Monica? What did you do for Valentine, man? He dressed up as a postman. I'm saying, you did what? He dressed up as a postman. If, if, don't get me wrong, don't get me wrong. If I had a daughter, and I treat Monica like my daughter, I just call her my daughter. I just kind of twisted she married Pierre, but I call her my daughter. Okay, so in, in my house, she's my daughter. Out here, I say daughter-in-law. But if I had a daughter and some dude show up at my door <laughs> with a postman outfit, right, all wrapped up in stuff that he wants to let her know he is the postman and he's the gift, I'll slam the door like, you got a crazy dude out there. I just go, baby, hold up. 
Go back in the room. Bam! <laughs> Something's wrong with that boy. <laughs> so that's one of my many stories I'm going to tell today. <laughs> Payback. <laughs> it uh, can be tough. can be really tough, you know. Let me give you one more. <laughs> Let me give you one more. I, I remember this. I remember this. That let me learn Pierre's heart. This one ain't bad. Let me learn Pierre's heart. And my wife and I knew right away, the boy different. He different. He's seriously different. He was three years old. And the mercy ship people came to his school. Three years old. Worship people came to school. And we gave him his lunch money. And we wanted to know, Pierre, why are you so hungry? We found out from his teacher that he took his lunch money after he heard the story of the mercy ship and how to go around the world and to help people with clep lips and all these different things all around the world. People who cannot get medications and medical, medical support. All these different things. He learned about it. And at three years of age, he took all his lunch money and gave it to them. So now you owe me a good story. <laughs> now, now I, when, I, when we saw that is when I realized that God was touching Pierre's heart. Because he did it. Nobody told him to do it. Nobody asked him to do it. He just heard the story and saw the pictures. And he took all his lunch money and gave it away. That's a heart. That's the difference between Abel and Cain. And you know it because God exposed Cain's attitude for us to learn that when you have a bad heart, it brings out a bad attitude. Look at this in, in, verse, in verse 6. It brings out a bad attitude. He says, Cain, in the bottom part of verse 5, he says, so Cain became very angry and his countenance fell. What does that mean? Cain is fretting, talking to himself, walking around, you know, because God, God did not have any regard for his offering. No regard. Meaning, God looked at his offering, and God looked at him like you in the hood. You know, when some people in the hood look at you, and they look from your toe to your head, from your head back to your toe, it's like, what you doing in here? You want to fight? What's up? They want to do something to you. I, I never forget this story. I never forget This is one of the most embarrassing times of my life. What about the time of my life? The soccer parties was, well, I played soccer in college, and the soccer players just liked the party. I, figured, I finally figured out they just liked the party, and I was trying to be this Christian person and all this other stuff, and I'm being beat up in the locker room, so I gave in. That's the truth. I did. I gave in. If the soccer players lost, they had a pick-me-up party. If they won, they had a victory party. So guess what they want to do after every game? Party. So I finally got it. These boys just like to party. They like to have a good old time on Saturday afternoon after every game. So I went to the game. I went to the party. I'm at the party. I, you know, I'm tired. I'm bruised up. I'm tired. I'm sitting up there. It's, oh, okay, all right. They put on one of my Earth, Wind, and Fire uh, uh, things. You know, Earth, Wind, and Fire and, and, and the Commodores. That was my thing. And you know, I put on Commodores. Oh, bump? Okay, we going to bump. So I, 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 I did the worst thing ever. The, the guys were hanging out on this side of the room. The girls were hanging out on that side, just talking, doing their thing. I walked all the way across the room, and I asked this girl if she would dance. And the girl looked at me and said, no. 
No. So now, now I'm standing there like, okay, there's a distance between where she is and where all my friends are, and I got to make it back, and they're laughing. They're sitting there going, hey, come on back. Now, I'm trying to slide along the wall, but at the end of the day, I have to take that lonely walk all the way back, and when I turn back, she's having a good time laughing. She had no regard. You see, the Bible is saying God looked at Cain and he said, I got nothing for you. In this worship service, you came, you were here. But when I came inside as a spirit being and checked your heart, I got no regard. You can walk back out. I'm here. I can keep you or let you die. Watch this carefully. He says right here, he says in verse 10, And the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? Why is your countenance fall? Now you're fretting and walking around, talking to yourself, going on. In verse 7, he says, if you do well, just change. Will not your countenance be lifted? He's saying, Cain, stop being stubborn. That's his attitude. People can sit here and tell you how God loves to be worshipped, and he takes care of us every day. And we will still walk in and say, man, I'm here, man. What's, okay, man, y'all, would y'all hurry up and get done, man? You know, what time is it? It's not God saying, I gave you another chance. I gave you another week to come in. I gave you another week to go to your job. I gave you another week to have a, an apartment. I gave you another week to get you food. I gave you another week to breathe. I took care of you. And we still walk in going, ah, oh, man, what's all this church stuff? What are y'all doing all? Man, come on, man, let's, let's do this. I got to go. I do want to go to heaven. My mama fuss if I don't go to church, so I better be here. We got the Cain attitude. Not the Abel. It's not a God thing. Because we made it another week. If you do well, in the course of time, when there's another worship service, I'm here. God is reaching, 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 reaching out for you, reaching out for you every day, reaching. You could have been in a wreck. You passed one. You weren't in one. Could have been jobless. You're in a job, not looking for one. You could have been in the hospital fighting cancer. <laughs> you are visiting someone. He's there, constantly showing you, I got you. Wouldn't you at least say thanks? Hallelujah. Bless your name. You're a great God. I can't keep disease out my body. I can't breathe. I can't even wake up. I can't even keep somebody from coming in my house. I can't keep my car going. I can't keep this world's economy functioning. Oh, God, I bless your name. But some of us will be like Cain. Man, bump that. I'm here, ain't I? And he says, when we are like that, Satan says, thank you. See, we're always blaming Satan for stuff. Satan made me do this. Satan made me do this. Satan made us do nothing. Eve and Adam were at the tree. He didn't drag them there. They were at the tree. They knew where the tree of life was. But they went to that tree. It's because they're at the tree Satan got them. Not because he took them there. <laughs> Cain, you got time. He's, he can't get you right now. He wants to get you, but he can't get you. Just, you got time. But, but, but if you don't let it happen, he will kill you, Cain. Who's the one crying out? Who's the one trying to save? And whose attitude is killing them? 
because the wages of sin is death. It's the repeated action that I don't care to do what God says. And God says, I gave you a free will that leads to God saying, okay, I'm not going to make you love me. So go do your thing. When he does that, Satan says, thank you. That's why we become so angry with God. We lose a taste for God. After a while, I ain't going to church, man. I don't read no Bible, man. I'm praying no more. Man, I've been praying for a better job. Look at where I'm at. Well, we get a bad attitude because Satan makes it worse. He says, how do you know that? Oh, folks, you've got to see how many times in this text he says, brother. Brother. These guys were not just estranged brothers. These were brother brothers. Watch this carefully. Watch this carefully. He says right here. He says, he says in, in verse 8, Cain and eight, Cain, Cain told Abel his brother, and it came about that when they were in the field, they were in the field, hanging out in the field. They were in the field. They, it's not like he was doing this. He was, no, they were in the field together. Watch this carefully. Watch this carefully. That's when he rose up on his brother. But then God keeps saying, where's your brother? Am I my brother's keeper? How could you listen to your brother? From verse 9 through verse 13, his brother, 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 because he was his brother. And the word rose up means to build a house. He's with his brother, and he is letting his emotions rise up and rise up and rise up and rise up. Why? Because Satan is a murderer from the beginning, the Bible says in 1 John. Satan didn't just become a murderer. That's who he is. So if Satan takes control of our lives, that's why relationships die. He kills them. That's why we end up hating people, because he kills them. We don't have the Bible says if you're looking to put a person and hate them in your heart, you've committed murder already. So some of us are murdering a lot of people because we'll hate them, can't stand them, don't want to be around them, they expect me sick. And the Bible is saying that's Satan getting the more and more and more and more and more and more until we just destroy one another. Putin, I want that country. I don't care who I kill. I've been wanting it since 2014. I'm taking it now. Over time, in the fields, he's talking to his brother about what God is saying and what the worship service happened. And let me tell you, brother, what's happening. And then he rises up in the midst of that kind of communication. And the Bible says he rose up means while he's talking to his brother, he's getting more and more and more and more angry. And the word kill means he didn't just hit his brother. The Bible, the, the Bible says the word kill is an imperfect tense. What does that mean? He's hitting, 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 until he knew his brother was dead, dead, dead. He didn't plan to stop until he was dead. That's an attitude that comes from a heart that is messed up because Satan gets the best of it. And Satan destroys. If you've got a bunch of relationships right now that are being destroyed, you have disconnected from God who is love. If every time you're destroying relationships and you, it's all about what you feel and what you think and what you believe you're doing and it's what I think I should get because of what I'm doing, the Bible is saying eventually Satan will get the best of that. And when he gets the best of that, everything around him will tear down. And until it's down, down, down and destroyed, Satan is never happy. He's a roaring lion seeking whom, not to bite, to devour. 
So to not worship God is to worship Satan. See, we don't, we don't get that. We don't get that. To not worship God is to worship Satan. Meaning, we clubbing, girl. Man, we're going to go out tonight. We ain't going to go to church right now, man. We, we got to do a little fun up in here. Oh, man. <laughs> I smoke some marijuana, but, you know, it's time we get some heavier stuff. Oh, I drink some beer, but it's time we get some vodka and some whiskey and stuff. Satan is after your liver, your lungs, your kidneys, because he came to seek to destroy. And we think it's fun because he makes it that way. Cain think he got it going on because he makes it that way. Because he knows all about the sin nature because he creates it. You see, key thing is, from Adam and Eve, Cain was born. What does that mean? He had their nature. He had their sin nature. So Adam and Eve made a choice to worship God. Abel made a choice to worship God. Eve made no choice. So his sin nature took him to Satan. It's a choice to worship God. We don't naturally feel like it because we're in our sin nature. We don't naturally feel like doing what we're supposed to do because we're in our sin nature. I don't naturally want to eat green beans because I would rather eat a cake. So what I do when I see green beans, I eat the cake, then I eat the beans. So you don't want to put a dessert in front of me before you put green beans. Because I will eat the dessert first or I will take the green beans and wrap it in the fried chicken. So I taste the fried chicken more than the beans. Because my natural desire is for blue bell ice cream, not green beans. That's it. That's why I carry this baby around here. My wife made me pregnant. My wife made me pregnant. That's my story and I'm sticking with it. Understand. That's our sin nature. So all Satan got to get us to do is to walk from God. Then he starts putting it on. Oh, you know, we got something going on on Sunday. You got a football game. Oh, no. man, your kid got to be in this game. Oh, no, he'll keep you busy away from God, away from God, away from God until he gets you so far out there like you see Cain. Come on, Cain, you got time. Come on, Cain, just change your offering. Come on, Cain, I'm glad you're at church. Just fix this. No, 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 no. Satan, death. You see, my, uh, I noticed when my kids cleaned the kitchen, <laughs> I saw that. I, they didn't know what I saw, but I saw it. My wife got up like she's going for water, but I know what she was doing. I've been there. When we first got married, she said, would you clean the kitchen? She went in the kitchen. This kitchen is not clean. I think that was the first argument, real argument we had in our marriage. Because I'm going, hey, I cleaned it. This is not a clean kitchen. So I know when she's walking in that kitchen, they're playing and going on. I know, uh-oh, she's checking. She came back and sat down. I said, ah, they did all right. They did all right. You see what had happened over time, over time, over time, over time, was the fact that they kept cleaning the kitchen with her telling them how. I kept cleaning the kitchen the way my mama told me how. So in my mind, kitchen is clean. Her mind, 
This kitchen ain't clean. Because when I wash the dishes and wash the countertop and all this other stuff, it, my, my sisters or some other person did the floor and all this stuff. I didn't do that, so I figured I did what I do. My wife, I said, what kind of dishwasher do you want? I want this particular dishwasher. I'm going, okay, this solves our problem. Because my wife will wash the dishes in the sink. Then she'll turn around and put it in the dishwasher for the dishwasher to wash it. Makes no sense to me. Even, even fiscally, it makes no sense. There's soap at the, dish, at the sink. There's soap in the dishwasher. There's water at the sink. There's water at the dishwasher. We're spending money. Why buy a dishwasher? When she came in the kitchen, it was done. Because they had done it over and over and over and over again. So when she looks at it, she says, awesome. See, God brings us to church over and over and over and over and over and over again. He says, do it this way, do it this way, do it this way, do it this way, do it this way. So one day we grow up and he goes, your heart now matters. I accept your worship. I have regard for your offering. Oh, well done, that good and faithful servant. You've done a great job. You see, why is, what is he after? The heart. Because the only God, the only thing that matters to God is the heart. Let us stand.